nothing worthwhile is going to be easy. If you want to make something and you want to turn it and you want to turn a passion into a job or a career, or even if it's just a side project, if you really want to have it be something that's big and meaningful and grows and gains value, it's not going to be easy. Welcome to the Passion Behind the Art Show. It's all about diving in with individuals to learn the story behind their passion. It's your host, Daryl Pinkham. What's up? Guess what? It's another week, another amazing guest, and another opportunity for me to bring you value through someone else's story. But before we jump into this week's episode, I just want to let you know that our Patreon page is up and running, finally. And if you're not familiar with Patreon, it's basically a way to support a specific endeavor that you're interested in. And of course, the endeavor that we're talking about right now is Passion Behind the Art, the podcast. So I'd really appreciate it if you would support the podcast through our Patreon page. All you need to do is just go to passionbehindart.com and look for the Patreon tab and it will take you directly to the page. This would mean the world to me and everything that I'm doing in regards to the podcast. A large percentage of what I do in regards to the podcast, as a matter of fact, all of it is free. And I would really appreciate you if you could just help support the podcast with as low as $2. Nothing too crazy, $2. And of course, there's various tiers you can support with more and the more you support, the more incentives you get. So just go to passionbanderart.com and check out our Patreon page. This would help me out a lot. There will also be a link in the show notes. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. All right. I am beyond excited to have Brad Smith on the Passion Behind the Art Show, CEO of Simplecast and much more after researching. Brad, welcome. Thank you for having me. And I'm a little worried about the research that you did. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know, just the usual, just trying to um, outside of what um, as, as we found out that we have a friend in common, Aaron Dowd, outside of what Aaron Dowd has told me, you know, he's just right to do research because you're doing a lot more than just running Simplecast. So um, let's jump right into it. How did, like, where did this audio venture, was this something like from a child you wanted to do? Like, what were you thinking about as a kid? Brad the kid. What was Brad trying to do? What was I thinking about as a kid? Um, Probably time travel and bike riding. Perfect. <laughs> the two the two most important pieces of the fabric of of life. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. Um wow. So I guess as a kid what I would be thinking about um or what you know, wanted to I was, be when you were a kid. Was it this? I had I had no mm. idea. I didn't. I I loved being creative um and you know in school and elementary school and high school and whatnot, you know, art class was always my favorite. Um, you know, we had a kind of like, it's like drama and debate club, but you would kind of go and you would almost 
compete with like radio announcing. Oh, interesting. Um, so that was something that I did. Um, and like yearbook and all those things that you get to be creative at and photography class and all of that. So I didn't really know. I just loved making. Mm, interesting. Uh, yeah. And then I guess I was probably 17. I'm going to date myself here is what's going to happen. And we're going to start putting some real dates to how old I am. And then it's just going to get scary. So I had a pet. I had a pet brontosaurus. Um, that's not true, but um, <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, this was not, I'm that old. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, all the land masses were still connected at the time. Uh, no. <laughs> you could walk from North America to Asia. Well, let's talk about that today. Um, so, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess it all really changed for me. I was probably 17 or 18. I guess I was 17, still in high school. And we we got a a computer in the house. Um and it was just a a very small old clunker and it was fantastic. It had like Microsoft Paint on there and that was it. And that's where it all began. And then suddenly like how I used to be an outdoorsy kid, it was like, no, I have this, I have this thing in front of me that allows me to do all of these unlimited things. And, and then it can connect to this thing through a modem called the internet. <laughs> oh gosh. Don't and then you can get that. into like, you know, CompuServe or America online. Wow. Uh, yeah. It, it just, you know, the world opened up. And it all kind of kind of began there. Oh, that's you know, it's funny, like those early stages of computer, I think almost everyone remembers when they first got that big whole big old box in their home. I know I remember. I remember I, for I, sure. Yep. And it just I completely <laughs> changed everything. It is. It 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 was uh no, it did. That's exactly right. I couldn't put it better. It it, it changed everything. So it's um, funny. It's funny. All right. So, all right. So you got the computer. <laughs> You're almost getting ready for college. Um, what was? How did the co the computer influence what you wanted to do in college? <laughs> the um the computer. Uh, we'll give you some inside information here. Uh, the computer. Uh, specifically caused me to flunk out of college. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> I only completed probably about a semester and a half. Mm, interesting. Um, I, you know, started college uh, not too long after, after high school and just learning the internet, <clears throat> learning to, uh, you know, do HTML. I built my first website. I think it was on, um, on tripod and I learned, you know, how to make an animated GIF, which is really funny. That's what the internet was birthed out of. And then animated GIFs are kind of having a, <laughs> a massive moment again. Um, yeah. And that was, that was really it. And I kind of got obsessed with learning HTML, CS, or not CSS, way before CSS, right. learning HTML. And, you know, there was no CSS. Uh, we can ask my pet brontosaurus. <laughs> and um, yeah, that was, that was it. And I kind of custom built my own computer and very much fell in love with just all the nerdery that lies within the world of the internet and computers. And um, so, yeah, I basically kind of flunked all my classes. Mm. I would never go. 
I would stay up all night teaching myself things on the computer and sleep through class the next day. Wow. <clears throat> Which come to find out, you know, college has this thing to where you don't have to go to class, but if you flunk your tests, that's a whole other thing. Right. So, um, that was kind of it. And I was out of college mm. and I, um, I went and got a job at a computer repair shop. We basically sold, we would repair old computers and, and sell them. them. It was, it was like my first, my first gig. Um, we sold computers there. We repaired them. We would do custom builds for people. It's just, just a small spot in like Springfield, Missouri. And, uh, and I started working on that company's website and doing a lot of the design for their marketing materials. And you know, that, that was really, that was it. And, uh, I did that for probably a year and a half and saw an opportunity in the town that I was in to, uh, this company that they were a pager company, pre-cell phones. <laughs> pager. Oh my gosh. Pagers. pagers wanted Darryl. a yeah. pager so bad. I wanted a pager <laughs> or, so or excuse bad. me, as, as we used to call them to be cool beepers. Beepers. Uh, <laughs> oh, the nostalgia continues. <laughs> it does. Um, remember when the first pagers actually came out with little mini keyboards yes. on them and oh. it was like, the, the, it was the beginning of what text messages are today. But anywho, so there was this pager shop in town <clears throat> and they also provided dial up internet access. They were like a communication store Okay. and they had a small web design department. And, uh, I went over there and spent about a year there and started as just a graphic designer and started to learn to code. Mm. And about a year in had the opportunity to kind of step up and manage the department. Interesting. And so, you know, here it was 1999, early 2000. And I am kind of running this small web development team back before the internet was even the internet that we knew today. And about a year and a half into that, <clears throat> that company so I was just enamored by what I was doing. I was in love with, with design and development and building things for the internet. And this company basically hit hard times and had to start making cuts. So I went to the owner of the company who I'd got to know well, his name was Steve. And I said, Steve, like I've put a year and a half into kind of building this team and <clears throat> we've got a lot of really good customers. I want to start my own business. And, you know, instead of kind of letting everybody go and just kind of shuttering that part of the company, could I say acquire it from you? Uh -huh. um, and so basically I acquired the rights to all the customers um, that we had kind of built websites for. And it, it was a dollar. And so the very next day, it was October 21st, uh, 2000. And the very next day, I started my first company and I didn't know the first thing about what I was doing <laughs> because all you got to do is start something and everything else falls into place. Yeah, right. That is true. <clears throat> so I of course had, had no money, uh, went out and took out a small loan and the, the team at this company, this pager company was probably about 12 or 13 people. So I could only really keep like two of them mm. based on the money that we had coming in from the work that we were doing for the company. So right. Um, basically picked two people and went over and we just kind of started our, our first company together. And, uh, I started that company with uh, a designer that I had hired not too long before. And his name is Ryan Sims. Um, still one of my dearest, closest friends to this day. And he is, uh, currently the VP of design at Duolingo. 
Mm. So the name sounds familiar. Yeah, he's a he's a one of the best designers I've I've ever met, um, and one of the best humans I've ever met, and uh, deserves everything that has come his way. But when I hired him, he was working at Office Depot, so I like to I like to claim. <laughs> I got I got to discover Ryan Sims, but really he discovered me. He he came to me and asked for a job, and I said absolutely. So, um, anywho, getting off track. I love that's it. kind of where it all began. You know, there was it was kind of like that whole awkward out of high school. What do I want to do? Thing, um, kind of stumbled through. I I still feel like I stumble through life to this day, like figuring things out as you go, um, and. Uh, yeah, one thing became another. And then we built that first company for about six years. Um, in 2005, 2006, we merged it with a company in Boston. I really wanted to get out of southern Missouri at this point. Okay. And I had met a really cool team of people in Boston. <clears throat> um, we met at South by Southwest in, I think, 2005, 2004. And they wanted to build product for the web. And we had been doing client work for five years. And I was like, yes, no more clients. Let's build product. So uh, Ryan and I um, basically moved to Boston and mushed our companies together and, and started building things. And we built a music social networking site called Pure Volume. Uh, and then in 2006, we launched a MySpace competitor um, that was called verb. We were like going to make the, uh, I remember the beautiful... it. <laughs> That's amazing. I remember <laughs> we were, it. We were going to make the beautiful, easy to customize MySpace profile. Um, and we, we did that and we had a really good successful, uh, kickoff to that. And a couple years later decided, Hey, we don't want to be in the social networking game anymore and pivoted verb into a website builder, kind of like, uh, we were the good-looking uh, themes, easy-to-use platform, kind of before Squarespace was easy-to-use platform with good-looking themes. Um, and we pivoted that company, and Verb became a whole new product, uh, kept the same name, and it's still around today and still up and running. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Like What you just said about what you wanted Verb to be, I feel like that's kind of like what you turned Simplecast into. A good-looking product. <laughs> well, design is extremely important to me. Uh, definitely design and functionality. Um, I think uh, a vein that kind of runs through a lot of the things that I've been lucky enough to be a part of and build is, you know, if you go back to the beginning days of Verb or even Pure Volume before that or the products that we tried to build that we failed at before even those, um, they've always been centered around the creative and giving them the tools and the ability to be able to get their work out to the world um, in a one, an easy manner and two, in a manner that is beautiful and professional and, and good looking and functional. Um, Makes so, yeah. sense. Makes sense. Because like for me, when I first started my podcast, I was using SoundCloud. And it got me to a point, but at the time when I was using it, SoundCloud wasn't developed enough or um, it just wasn't developed enough for me to do what I want to do. And I went to Lipson and my goodness, I felt like this was this daunting task. And I was like, is, is there like nothing else? And somebody I knew um, 
same folks from um, Creative South was using. I, I checked out <laughs> to see what they were using. And it was this thing called Simplecast. And I, I've heard of it. And I, yeah. And I, <laughs> I signed up and I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed. It was simple enough to understand, but sophisticated enough to get me where I wanted to get. And it could do everything that Lipset could do. And that's what like hooked me because it looked like it looked like a designer made it. <laughs> <laughs> like Lipset looked like somebody that coded made it. Like, just strictly coded. And it's not no knock, but for me as a designer, you know what I mean? You gravitate to what mm -hmm. you gravitate to. Mm -hmm. So right. a lot of what you're saying makes sense. Yeah. So, all right. So let's jump into what is... Uh, I'm going to... I know I sent you some questions, but I'm just going to go back and forth. What is, like, the day of uh, a tycoon like yourself like? <laughs> <laughs> what type of animal is a tycoon by the way no, I'm um i feel it's like a cross of two different animals um <clears throat> i i'm i'm in bit of a uh we're experiencing a lot of fantastic growth at the company right now but because of that like i am very much a we're just gonna call it what it is a workaholic right now mm. um there is not a lot of glamour in it. Um, right. I mean, we'll just walk through today. Like I was at the office probably by 645 this morning mm -hmm. uh, in this, this you know, glamorous WeWork cube that you're currently seeing me in. Um, and, you know, just a lot of days or a lot of meetings throughout the day, a lot of talking. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, just literally I am this company right now and growing this company is kind of like what I invest my time into. I try to get out and grab a run when I can just mm -hmm. to retain some sanity. Uh, but the day-to-day -day right now is very much boring. Uh, come on up. Hang out hang out with me for a couple of days. <laughs> hey, the next time I'm in New York, you better believe it. I'm reaching out. Better Absolutely. I will I will it. bore you out of your mind. <laughs> Can't wait. Get ready. <laughs> all right. So all right. So I know Simplecast just did an update, right? Recently. But what led you to start Simplecast? Why a audio um hosting slash um whatever it may be, a audio platform. Okay. why? All right, so I will give you the hour and a half version or I will give you the four minute version. So we're gonna go with the four minute version here. So to do this, I kind of want to to back up just a little bit nice. because I, I kind of enjoy how the story ties together because it, it really shares how I feel about what I'm building and the passion that got us here. Um, so, I mean, Verb being the do-it-yourself do website builder we talked about, I mean, that allowed a lot of individuals to do a lot of things. We worked with mostly creatives. So if you were a filmmaker, you could, you know, run your video content through us. Um, if you were a blogger, you could run that digital content through us. But, you know, keep in mind, in early 2010, there were podcasts. We had people actually using our platform to, you know, distribute MP3s. So <clears throat> through Verb, I, I got to know creatives and like the creative life even more about just the passion behind like the art and craft that people make. It doesn't, I don't care if it's, it's an MP3 audio file for a podcast or a MP4 for a video, like we're, we're all creators. Facts. Um, we just have different tools and methods of delivery. Um, so after Verb, 
um, after about eight years, uh, when I stepped away from that company, um, <clears throat> I wanted to focus on instead of building software for once, I wanted to actually focus on helping build creators. Um, so I launched a company uh, called Wayward Wild, and it was an incubator. But instead of being an incubator like we think about incubators for tech companies, um, it was an incubator for content creators. Mm. So that could be a digital magazine or a, um, a YouTube series or a podcast. Basically finding people that tell stories in very important ways, maybe even voices that aren't being heard and kind of help them be the media of the future. Interesting. Um, and we did that for about a year and a half, um, and probably some of the most fun I've ever had in, in building something. Uh, unfortunately, <clears throat> you know, when you are looking to raise investment to really scale a company, you know, the year's 2015, and you're out there telling investors, like, really, content's gonna be a thing, trust me. <laughs> Content's going to be a thing. Um, it was it was really hard to convince investors to do this. So I knew that <clears throat> through this process at Wayward, I was working with a digital publication and a magazine called The Great Discontent, mm -hmm. um, run by my friends Ryan and Tina. Um, and The Great Discontent, we actually launched a live interview series at a hotel here in the city. And we would interview creatives about kind of the, the risks and the passions and like what drives us as people to be creative and why do we do what we do and why do we put ourselves through what we put ourselves through right. and we can just go get a job. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and so through this live event series, we decided to turn it into a podcast. And I was helping Ryan and Tina throughout this time. And Let's flash back really quickly. 2005, I attempted to make a podcast and failed miserably. So now it's 2015 and I am, you know, turning this live event series into a podcast. And I had to ask the same questions about how do I get a podcast out in the world? And I realized very quickly that it worked the same way in 2015 that it did in 2005. And that told me something was wrong. Um, so I wanted to basically take the focus off of Wayward Wild's incubator and I wanted to go back to building software. I saw a big opportunity. I really felt like podcasting hadn't hit its stride yet. You know, it had a slump in like 2013, 2014, but I just felt like it's going to grow. The tools just aren't there yet. And when tools don't exist, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like when tools don't exist and advertising dollars don't exist, a, a industry doesn't thrive. So how do we help an industry thrive? We build better tools for it. We bring more ad dollars into the industry. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so I knew I wanted to build something in the podcasting space. So I reached out to um, Stephen. We call him TVO. Uh, but Steven was my CTO, my lead engineer at Verb for eight years. Okay. And I hit him up and I was like, hey, TVO, I'm going to build another, you know, like SaaS company. Um, do you want to quit your, you know, very nice, you know, well-paying job and come back into startup world, which nobody wants to do that. Um, and he said, yes. <clears throat> wow. So. Um, he basically came over and we decided we were going to build something in the podcasting space. So simultaneously, 
uh, I was um, having dinner one night with my friend Josh. Josh had actually built a very basic podcast hosting platform. Hmm. Um, Josh was a podcaster. He hated the tools that were out there. So he built basically an MVP for uh, the way that podcasters can get their stuff out there in the world. Basic analytics, all of that. Um, that product was called Simplecast. Mm. So Josh had built this great little thing, but had no real desire to like turn it into a startup and hire employees and grow a business out of it. So I, over dinner one night, we were in the East Village <clears throat> and I, I was sitting with him and I was like, hey, I want to build something in the podcasting space. And, you know, you've kind of built something that will get me off the ground quicker because you have a name, you have a basic product, there's a few customers if you really don't desire this, how about like I take it over? Um, <clears throat> and we did, we worked out a, we worked out a deal and, um, you know, equity in the company and payment over time. Uh, and it was just a very straightforward deal with friends. Nice. And, um, so that kind of gave us, you know, on day one, instead of starting with nothing and having to build something, we had something to start with. And there was a lot of big plans initially, like I would work with TVO and we were going to rename the product. You know, I felt Simplecast kind of put it in too much of a box that, well, we, our vision for something was going to be very powerful and very robust. And we were going to work with some of the biggest shows out there, but nobody wants to use something that's simple. Like it's really like easy to use cast. Right. but very powerful cast. That's what we should have called the company. So we debated for a while on like what we were going to name it. And <clears throat> we were in the process of building a new product for it. The direction of the company has changed massively. The product has changed massively. But over time, after just talking to customers, like the name worked, it was easy to remember. It was easy to spell. It's not a word that's spelled different than how it sounds. Um, and we had simplecast.com, like even getting a .com of a normal, you know, a simple <laughs> easy, name, <laughs> a simple name with a .com, like, okay, we're, we're going to stick with it. I still, I still kick myself some days. Um, I was in a meeting just last week and somebody said to me, and this was a very large enterprise customer of ours. They're like, this product isn't like simple at all. It's very powerful. I was like, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Um, so anywho, I spent way too much time on that, on that story. So, um, TVO came over, we bootstrapped the company. It was just him and I for a while, literally, you know, he and I were running customer support. We were supporting the product, um, and just bootstrapped it as, as long as we could. And then I eventually went out and pulled together a small group of investors, um, to raise a very small round of money, uh, extremely small, that would basically ride us for six to nine months uh, to see if we could really turn this company into something that could gain scale and could actually generate substantial revenue. Um, and then we went out and built a good product. I went out and I raised some money from these investors. <clears throat> that raise turned into being able to bring a few more people on the team, Aaron Dowd being one of them. Um, I think I told you Aaron was probably, I think team member three or four, I would have to check like very early on. Um, and Aaron basically came in to take 
uh, our customer success, our customer support off the shoulders of Stephen and I. Stephen is an engineer. I was everything else. I was even doing design for Simplecast at that time. And, uh, and Aaron really came in and, uh, he and Dane, Dane and Aaron were the next two people to join the company, basically kind of headed up and grew the customer side of the business while we focused TVO and I focused on the product side. Uh, and then, you know, we would hit a milestone, we would grow. I would go back out and I think in late 2016, we went out and we actually raised a seed round of investment, actually found a VC that would be interested, uh, <clears throat> closed a small seed round, hired a few more people, you know, worked our butts off and grew the product and grew the customers. And then in late 2017, we went out and we raised a series A and it just kind of late 2018, excuse me. So it was just kind of one thing after another. It's been a massive blur, but it's been hire great people that really care about podcasting and care about podcasters and other people and build good product. And that's what we've really kind of created this company off of. And, you know, we now have thousands of customers and we power shows by Facebook and by Twitter. And, um, we were, you know, you and I were chatting about stranger things earlier. Cause I asked if you lived near the filming location, but like Netflix has a stranger things podcast now that's powered by Simplecast. So like we have just really one day at a time and one brick at a time built this company kind of out of out of nothing. And it's all been around building great product, making it the best it can be um, and bringing together the, the best group of people that we could. Man, it's just an amazing and just to see where it's coming from and to see now the various the variety of people that's using it from the highest to high and the person who's just this the joe that's just starting out it's just like it's like it's it's amazing i i I must applaud you guys thank you well i mean it's it's kind of what i set out to do we knew that the the industry was stuck in the past i wanted to build something that was robust that was some of the best tools out there the most detailed analytics um you know not even talking about the things that we're we're about to launch but the idea was to build something that was good enough and powerful enough to run a show for like a major corporation or a massive brand, but to open it up to everybody, to give creators everywhere access to the tools that they otherwise could possibly not get access to. And so that's kind of been the the mantra all along is build for the best, build for the biggest, and then let's Let's open those tools up and give these capabilities to to every creator, big and small. So what would you say was like the hardest thing that you had to overcome through your journey? That's a that's a tough one. Um, my own brain. Mm. Yeah, if we're going to if we're going to dig deep here and do a little therapy session, my own brain, um, self-doubt and fear. Um, never, never feeling that, you know, what you're doing is good enough or that you're not taking the right steps and struggling with, I mean, something that I think all creators, um, I don't get to create much anymore, but I still feel like at, at, at my heart, I'm still that same person sitting behind a computer, you know, at mm-hmm. 17 building my first website. Um, but I think that's something that we all struggle with is, is, you know, that balance between, you know, what do I need to survive and what do I do? What do I need to do to actually make me happy? 
Mm. And then once you find that thing that makes you happy, uh, am I good enough at it? Am I going to fail? Am I doing all these? So like the hardest thing that I've had to overcome for me is in, in my head. Um, and that's something that, you know, I think a lot of us do. And I, I still deal with it day after day. Yeah, I think, I think I was, uh, went to a breakfast with other entrepreneurs about two weeks ago and, um, you know, just talking about imposter syndrome, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about that. Like everybody deals with it. it has nothing to do with being an entrepreneur. Like that whole feeling of just, Oh God, I'm getting up every day and I'm faking this and I don't know what I'm doing. And just feeling like you have to figure it out every day and you don't deserve what you're building. But, uh, I think that's something that's very real to a lot of, a lot of humans. Um, so yeah, that's the one thing, one of the many things, um, that's the one that comes to mind first. Hmm. Interesting. It's funny that how it's like, that's, I mean, I've interviewed a good amount of people. And for some reason, like I would say if I had to make a list, that would probably be either one or two on the list of the things that people struggle with. Yeah. It's, it, it's real. (laughs) Um, yeah, our, our brains, there's a, there's a lot more that we fight with in there that sometimes we fight with in our day to day. That is, that is a fact. That is a fact. So who are the people that Brad surrounds himself with the support system, the people that keeps him grounded, but at the same time, helps him to overcome these, you know, imposter syndromes or stuff like that. <laughs> um, a very close, good, um, tight knit group of friends. Um, it's something that, you know, I've realized as I've gotten older. Like I, I definitely feel like when I was younger, you had a mass of friends and, you know, as you get older, you start having people rise to the top and you're like, well, instead of spending time with 15 people, I would rather spend a lot of time with like these five. Um, so like some of my best lifelong friendships are these individuals that, you know, um, that know everything about me and know my flaws. And I think that's really what's important in like your support system and your friends and things like that. And, you know, I've been personally dealing with, you know, like I said, the company is growing very quickly right now. And there's a lot of stresses and anxieties that come along with that. And, uh, I had dinner with a friend, you know, here in the city a couple nights ago and actually used him to kind of share some of these issues and, and work through at the same time. So, um, definitely just having a group of friends that you can be yourself with 100%. Um, you know, no shroud of, of, um, you know, fakery or anything like that. Just, just be yourself with, um, and you got to think too, you know, for most of us that spend, you know, most of our waking hours working, um, doing hopefully something that we love, we end up spending, you know, more time with our coworkers and our colleagues and our employees um, than we do with, you know, even significant others or partners in our life or friends. So, um, I've been very lucky as a person to have incredible people come across my path that, you know, like I was talking about TVO, um, that, you know, have chosen to work with me on multiple companies over decades, not decades. I shouldn't make that. That's plural. Um, over a decade, um, my head of product, um, Matt Rubin, he was actually with me in the trenches building verb. 
he spent three or four years at Squarespace. He's back over here at Simplecast now. So I've been very lucky to um, have a great system of people that I trust who do just fantastic work that um, for some crazy reason have decided to <laughs> hop in the trenches with me again and, and build another company. <laughs> Oh, that is that is good though. It's good when you can you know you have those people that you can call on and are there for you and will actually get in the trenches with you. That's 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 good. Yeah. Did did I answer your question? I feel like I am very bad tonight for some reason. No, nah, you're off great. No, nah, you're okay. great. You're great, okay. man. You're great. It's man, I'm intrigued. So you're doing fine. <laughs> You're doing All right. totally okay. fine. Totally okay. fine. Okay. Okay. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get a little bit more detail. So what outside of Simplecast, what are some of the other ways you generate revenue? Brad Smith himself. There, there currently there is nothing. There is only Simplecast. Okay. Um, Simplecast is my project. It is my business. I mean, we are we are now a team of 25, 26, we're growing very quickly. So, um, you know, I, it's, it's try to do that one thing and do it very well. So Simplecast is my only project right now. And it is a company that, you know, we've, we've grown from the ground up. So. Which makes sense. I mean, it's not like it's a small pie. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if I was like, well, I actually have a cupcake shop in Soho. <laughs> that, <laughs> hey, you never know, man. You never Trust know. Me, I said that because one day when I'm really tired of building software, I'm going to own a cupcake shop. I think. Well, there I, you go. We just decided that. There you go. And plus, like <laughs> almost every entrepreneur, like it's they always have something else. Oh, there's yeah. always something else. It's, even if, even... it's, it's a miniature cake. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you want to do something with that? Like. Who wants a full-size cake when you could have multiple small cakes of all different flavors? <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it's it's a much safer thing to view versus you eating a big old cake. You know what I mean? You, right. know, you feel much better, much more um, self-conscious. Right. <laughs> yeah, you can eat one cake or you can eat 17 cupcakes. I'm going to pick 17 cupcakes. <laughs> Oh, beautiful, 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 beautiful. I've right. never really thought about running a cupcake shop before, but after tonight, I don't know. When you're here in the city, um, we're going to, when I'm boring you, remember, when you get yeah, to follow yeah, me yeah, around yeah. for a day, um, we're going to go look at some real estate and see if we can find us a shop for cupcakes. Beautiful. Can't wait, man. I love it. Okay. I love the sound of it already. <laughs> Listen, I'm still, I'm still in the trenches designing and creating, so I'm already excited about creating this logo for this cupcake shop. Let's Perfect. do it. <laughs> I'll check back tomorrow and we'll see if you've got any names because we will need to figure out a name first. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. I can't, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. All right. So we, what is that thing that Brad can't live without that is not his phone? Oh, boy. Um, thing I cannot live without. It's not my phone. Um, so just to let you know, like I've heard like the craziest things. I've heard a blanket. I'm talking about a grown person. A blanket. blanket. I've heard a record player, like the actual old school records. Um, so it could be practically anything. That's a that's a tough one. Wow. I uh, I am not prepared for that question. Mm. Um, 
I don't know. I part of me, um, wow, that's Daryl. That's tough. Um, you know what? Let's see. Right now, like if I had to make a decision on the last six months, so um, something that I could not live without currently, something that's good for me mentally and emotionally. Um, remember when I said I was uh, bootstrapping the company and it was just TVO and I? Mm-hmm. I actually I had spent a decade in the city. Um, but you know, all of my money, you know, living in New York, of course, goes to rent and cost of living and things like that. So, um, I actually left the city for a year and I moved to upstate New York. Really? Um, yeah. I, I, you know, it felt a little like losing at the time. Cause it was like, well, the city defeated me. I've got to leave. But it was all about like, you've only got X amount of cash in the bank. You need to, you need to be able to pay people to help you build a product. So it's like, do I want to keep my apartment or do I want to keep my company? Facts. So, and I knew it would only be temporary. So I promise there's a point to this story. Um, so I moved up there and I, I kind of disliked it. I was angry at it <laughs> upstate New York because it was like, I had to leave this city that I love so much and I'm up here. Um, and then that over that year before I came back to the city changed 100%. Wow. Um, I still to this day have that apartment that I rented in upstate New York and I still go up there a few weekends a month. And one thing that I cannot do without right now is that place. Mm. Um, because I lead this, like I told you, this very boring life currently where it's a lot of work every day. Um, every little second I can get for peace and quiet and to be able to drive to the country and go on a bike ride or take a hike or walk along a river um, is priceless right now. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I dug deep and that's one thing currently that I really need. Um, that if it went away tomorrow, I'd be kind of sad. Um, wow. cause it's, it's very important to me right now for kind of just my, uh, my own mental, um, I guess happiness. Uh, I love it. I love it. And a record player, my record player. <laughs> <laughs> My iPod Touch, because I can't have a phone. So at least, no, I'm kidding. I don't have an iPod Touch. <laughs> I love it, man. That, that I, I really appreciate that answer. Even though, like, upstate New York is like a different country from the city. It 100% <laughs> is. Absolutely. Um, and that's kind of what's great about it. Right. Like, it's I true. can literally drive 75 miles outside the city and feel like I am in a whole other world. Um, so yeah, that's, um, I think New York is the only place that has something like that. Like there's two completely different cultures in one small little state. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And not that far away. Not like, that far right away. Right up the road. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Oh my goodness. I've been to Rochester and all those places. So I know exactly what you're talking about it's 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 very interesting so book recommendations come on hit me with some of them uh, genius books that you uh, have to offer oh boy if you want to really cut into your book reading and podcast listening time start a company um <laughs> book reading book reading i'm trying right, to think when you did that... when you did have time to read a book top oh, oh, two. oh no, no no i got it okay I, I actually i got it and this is not something that i've read recently but since we're really digging deep into the soul tonight i um, love it 
one book that I have recommended that came recommended to me that I have re probably recommended to 10 creatives over the past five years, four years since I read it. It's a, it's, it's a book, but it's also kind of like a workbook mm -hmm. uh, and it's called the artist way. Mm. Um, and the author's Julia Cameron. Okay. Um, it is, I know it's, it's boring and not what you wanted to hear. Like, it's not like this crime novel or romance novel. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a romance novel, but that book, like it still sits on my desk every day because that book got me through so many creative roadblocks. We go back to like that imposter syndrome and the creative roadblocks that you run into. That book is literally a map that helps you find your way out of the woods. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's a book. It's very helpful. I think it's, it's an older book too. So I think it's probably in second or third edition now. And you know, it's, probably had updates since like North America and Asia separated as continents. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's a book that comes to mind that, um, definitely was, uh, was important to me and I haven't touched the book myself in probably four or five years. But like I said, I've, I've certainly recommended it to, to quite a few people. The artist way. All right. The artist way. Yeah. Definitely go and check I it believe, out. I could be very wrong here. I think the author is, it's either Julie or Julia Cameron, okay. um, but it's definitely called The Artist's Way. All right. Dig There's it. a website called Amazon. Uh, yeah. You can visit it at amazon.com, amazon.com. You might have heard of it. Um, they probably have it. <laughs> Most likely. I, I, let's take yeah. a hunch. I think they or, do. Or head on down to your local Barnes & Noble. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so right before we we're getting ready to close, but before we go into um, some more stuff about you, all right, so we've heard about podcasting, create good content, build an audience. Yeah. What else is someone missing? Is there anything else missing? In regards to making a podcast? In, or in regards to growing your podcast create good content we've heard that and we've heard build an audience yeah i mean i so i won't step up on my soapbox here but i think one of the most interesting thing and this might be me stepping up on my soapbox <laughs> as i stand on my soapbox i exclaim i will not stand on my soapbox um you know what that reminds me of that reminds me of when someone says no disrespect but then says <laughs> like perfect <laughs> if if i say that just throw something at me please i won't i won't say that um so there is so much value in focusing on creating good content um you know again as a company you know our biggest folk like we work with a lot of large corporations and large companies um that are getting into podcasting but I think something that is very that I think should be encouraging to a lot of independent podcasters is a lot of these companies getting into podcasting. They're they're beginners, too. Mm. They are figuring it out for the first time. And I see this a lot in our customer support chats. I still read every individual customer chat that comes through our system to this day. Sweet. Um uh, I'm watching you. <laughs> no, I'm I may just send one uh, through just for the heck of it. 
I'll see it. <laughs> I'll send you back an animated gift. <laughs> Maybe two if you're lucky. But I, so the, the thing that I, I want to get back to is, is I see this come up a lot about how can I monetize my podcast? Mm. And you would be blown away the number of potential podcasters, new podcasters coming into the space that ask that question before they really even have a podcast. And I think it is very important at that to like you as a creator need to only focus on one thing for your first six months of that podcast. And that is making it as good as it can be being the best host, telling the best story, doing, don't do what I do, which is say, um, and ah, a ton, like literally focus on telling compelling stories. I don't care if it's a fiction podcast, if it's storytelling, if it's an interview series, make that so good that people want to listen to it, help them fall in love with what you're creating and the stories that you tell, tell interesting stories, because you know what, if you can make quality content, that people love and want to come back to, you're not going to have to worry about monetizing it. Like those things can be figured out and they will fall into place. If you want to turn that into something that, you know, you can quit your day job and, and make podcasting your thing. Like if you're not focusing only on the quality of your content, first and foremost, then your priorities are out of whack. So what do you need to do in addition to making good content? I would say to a lot of people just getting started, just make good content and the rest is going to work itself out. It's just like building a company, make a good product, bring in good people to help you build that product and you will find your path through that. Podcasting, you know, make, make a good podcast. <laughs> I respect that. I, I respect that 100%. I did not think about monetizing my podcast at all until about recently which is after i hit over 100 episodes that's incredible yeah so i totally agree with you and, and i still think about the content and making it better every single time i that's mostly what you i think make about your podcast better why did you invite me to be on <laughs> we gotta <laughs> we gotta get the podcast guru on come on <laughs> You've just lost like 50 <laughs> listeners today. I'm sorry. We'll get him back. Oh, God. We'll get him back. <laughs> All right. So what's next for Brad? What's next? What is next for me? Um, <clears throat> we've got a lot of work to do in the, in the next stage of this company. We are launching a bunch of very exciting things, a lot of firsts that haven't been done in the industry before. We have a lot of exciting big partnerships coming up with other platforms. Um, so really what is next for me? I'm going to keep doing the exact same thing I'm doing right now. And we're going to continue building a platform out there that can help make creators successful. Um, and I got to get back to running. This whole workaholic thing has caused me to gain a little bit of weight. I feel you. I, 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 trust me, I, you literally read my mind. I'm there with you. I need to get back to running myself. Yeah, I, I, I just have to. I have to. It's like it, it, I need it for my brain. I need it for like my belt loop. That <laughs> I, I, I refuse to poke another hole in my belt. Oh, man, I feel you. I feel you. And plus, running is like so therapeutic, especially like when it just comes to 
understanding growth. I don't know why for me, but just understanding growth and the time it takes for something to grow. I yeah. don't know. Running just kind of articulates that for me the best. Yeah, it's it is I and I used to be an avid runner and um, I will get there again. But I went a few nights ago. I was just having the most stressful day. And, you know, 90 percent of the stress isn't real. It's always in our head. Um, and I went on a run and I came back 45 minutes later just feeling like a brand new person. So, um, yeah, two things. What is in my future? And you can hold me accountable to this. We're going to keep building amazing product and shipping some really great things very soon and uh i'm gonna run and i'm gonna check in with you too and see if you're running let's do it let's do it let's do it accountability partners i'll see you on strava (laughs) let's do it all right so what (laughs) advice would you have as we're getting ready to close what advice would you have for creatives out there oh boy um that should be its own episode advice for creators um I mean, nothing. I, I, how do you, how do you put this without it? It almost seeming negative, but nothing worthwhile is going to be easy. If you want to make something, you want to turn it, and you want to turn a passion into a job or a career, or even if it's just a side project. If you really want to have it be something that's big and meaningful and grows and gains value, it's not going to be easy. And so I guess what would my advice would be to, to know that getting into it and to not give up. And that seems so cheesy to say out loud. Um, back in my day, kid, <laughs> um, no, but that's, that's the advice I would give. And I give myself that advice every day. It's like, if this is, this is worth doing and it's not going to be easy. So stick in there, do what's hard. Um, and, uh, yeah, keep at it. Dig it. I dig it. I dig keep it at it. So where can people go to find the man behind simple cast? Where they can, like can my, go? my home address. Is that what you want? <laughs> well, not quite. I mean, <laughs> but if you throw it out there, that's, all no, on you. That's all, that's all on you, no, my brother. We we might want to edit that one out. After. <laughs> my social security number is four three two. I can give you my credit card number too while we're at it. Oh um, man! Can you find me on the internet? Um, on Twitter and Instagram, my handle is Brad. How did you get that? Um, it was a bar fight with Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. He won, but then I I stole his phone and ran away with it. No. Oh. Uh, just being an early adopter, I think that's that's a big part of it. So I'm really bad about Instagram right now. I really miss Instagram. I wish I had more time to get back there. So Brad on Instagram or Twitter. Um, how else do we communicate in this world? Um, hmm. You can find Simplecast at simplecast.com. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. You can find me through those two platforms. If you want to email me, it's brad at simplecast.com. Sweet, sweet. Well, Brad, I mean, this has been amazing. It's great hearing the story. I'm even more fascinated. Um, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. It's been, been my pleasure. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope it's been super valuable to you. And you're now ready to take your audience building, your community growing, 
to the next level to help you and help me build our empire for lack of a better word or just to build our thing um remember to stop by itunes passion behind the art and leave a review and subscribe it's very important to me it helps the podcast grow and it makes me feel good to kind of hear from you guys to know what you like about this podcast what it's done for you so jump on itunes and subscribe and leave a review passion behind the art be blessed